Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Astrid Kohlmeyer, a lawyer, consultant on legal design, and co-author with Mira Klemela of the Legal Design Book, Doing Law in the 21st Century. Hi, Astrid. How are you? Hi, Ari. I'm so fine. I'm very glad that I can be here despite Mira is sick today, but I'm very happy to be with you here, Nicole. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Tell us about your background and what inspired you to write the legal design book. I'm a classical lawyer, but I also it happened that I also studied design during my professional career. And it came from a long-term industry experience in various perspectives. I initiated my profession in law in a classical law firm, but then headed to the insurance industry, where I spent 10 years as head of marketing and communication in the litigation funding industry. And I was in charge for working also with a lot of designers. And I realized that designers have a totally different approach of solving problems compared to us lawyers and how we got trained in universities. And it fascinated me right away. That brought me to another industry experience in the service design industry, where I then tried to connect design and law at the beginning more on a basis of doing communications design. In that time, I studied design by myself beside my day job. So, And ever since, I put together those two professions. And then it happened that in 2014, the expression legal design popped up in the legal world and it clicked right away in my head because I realized that this is exactly what I'm doing, bringing law and design together. And from that on, we could observe literally a global movement that was going on with the legal design community. And you asked about the background and my motivation of writing the book. So first of all, the book is a co-authorship between Mera Klemola and myself. And I had a long time in my mind to write a book about legal design. And during the pandemic last year, I had a little time gap, let's say, at the beginning of the pandemic. And then I realized this is the right time to write the book I have in my mind. And then I connected or we connected, Mira and I, and decided to write it together. And the initial motivation for that was that in my profession as a consultant for legal design for in-house departments and law firms, I got and still have like every day the demand of clients and ask, how can I start with legal design? Is there anything around that I can read about legal design? And I always had to give the answer, yes, there's an article here, an article there, and there is also some online publication, but we never had this real book. And this was the motivation why we wrote it now. And we wanted to approach it from a very practical side and practical approach. And this is what we managed to do. What's sparking interest in legal design? First of all, it's the need of the market uh, that we can face at the moment when it comes to innovation. So legal design is always about innovation and doing things differently, approaching the law with a different tool set and at the end as a goal have a more simplified 
processes or also content, so legal content. And for people, it's easy to understand what legal design means when they can see use cases or artifacts, let's say legal design artifacts, something tangible, something that they can understand and where they can compare before and an after situation. So to make it more tangible here, for example, if you think about a redesign of a normal or standard contract, then it's always this aha moment for people when they see the normal contract as we used to have it in a boring word environment. And if you then have a legal design artifact, which is a redesigned contract that looks totally different than a normal contract because it contains visualizations, for example. And also the wording and the style of writing is very user-centric, which is one of the core essentials of legal design and design thinking to get to a user-centric solutions. So this sparking interest at the beginning of everyone is this tangible artifact as they can see and understand, ah, okay, with legal design, you can do things differently. What do you want readers to take away from the book? We want to have an understanding what legal design really is because we experienced in our daily life and business that it's not so easy to understand what it really is. And this is why we tried also to come up with a simple definition. And if I might define it here, legal design is embedding design in law to make it really short. But what we laid out in the book was to give people an imagination what the design part in this legal design also is and have a whole chapter about design background and what it really means to integrate design in law. And what we mean with this is that we not only focus on, let's say, graphic design, which comes to the mind of usually in people, but that we at the core concept adopt the legal, the design process. And the design process is one of the most important parts of legal design as we have a different way of approaching problems. And if you say what, ask us what people should take away from the book, um, they should be able to understand what legal design and design is, and they should be able to apply it in real challenges, so real legal challenges every day and adopt the methodology in their daily life. And this is why we not only explain what legal design is and the design part in it, but this is also the reason why we integrated a chapter step-by-step step how to follow the legal design or design process so that you can, with a legal challenge, can take the book and do a project by yourself. You provide various case studies in the book from Airbus, Clifford Chance, and Queen Mary University, among others. What do organizations that apply legal design have in common? They have already understood that the status quo of the workflows or also education is maybe not a state of the art anymore. And that we need, if we talk about legal tech innovation and how to conquer uh, digitalization, for example, that we might need some instruments more than the toolkit that we studied in law, schools and universities. So this is the first thing. What they have in common is the awareness that there might be a different way of 
tackle the challenge that you actually have. But what they also do have in common is that they want to learn about the toolkit and legal design using in daily life and that they gather together a group of people who are mind-like-minded already. And this is what they really unites those, let's say, those clients. And it also connects that they are pioneers, let's say, still in their own branch because not so many people adopting legal design. So we see it now more and more coming up and almost hype or buzzword becoming. But if you look at, at internal organizations in legal departments or in law firms, then it's still slowly evolving. But more and more, and also in universities, because we always have to think that the curriculum of our law studies is very rigid and strict. So it's not so easy to add something new or something new on it. And we have observed that with legal tech, maybe at the beginning, and now it's the same with legal design. So this is why it's not so easy for universities to have courses on legal design integrated in the normal curriculum. But coming back to your question, so for legal in-house organizations or legal departments, I would say the uniting mind is that they are aware of having another toolkit to tackle the pressures of the market that we have at the moment in our industry. You talk about a design mindset. How can organizations that are unfamiliar with this process quickly incorporate it into their activities? The quickly is maybe one thing uh, that we have to talk about. So maybe it's not that quickly. But in our book, we lay out 10 legal design philosophies at the beginning. So this is the first chapter and it sets the basic environment and common ground, let's say, for applying legal design step-by-step in your organization. And what we mean with that, or the, the 10 philosophies are, for example, this willingness to open up for new solo- solutions. And it sounds easy, but a lot of organizations do not have that, especially in the legal field. And for example, if it comes to innovation, not only having that as a added, let's say, issue or have an innovation award going on. Innovation as a strategy always means that you really have to embed it in your organization from top down. And um, not only innovators uh, in a silo can uh, fulfill innovation, it, is, it should be embedded in an, in, in, in an organization, um, in, in, the, in the DNA of every company, let's say. But this is something you first have to set up and it is not so easy. So uh, that's why this 10 philosophies brings you to a setting where collaboration plays a major role, uh, where also a multidisciplinary approach in solving problems is the new standard, let's say. And also this sounds very, very simple, but if you think about a legal organization, we are far away from integrating other disciplines at the moment. And this is something we have to learn if we want to tackle, especially the digital transformation altogether. But it also means philosophy and setting out of having everyone a seat at the table. So legal design is very diverse and inclusive, and it gives everyone a seat at the table, which means that you work together with your colleagues from other departments on eye level. And it also means, and this is one of the major and core settings, that you begin to ask your clients and stakeholders what they really need. 
and what they really want. And that is something that lawyers are shy away sometimes because we are the experts and we usually give the advice to others and asking open questions to clients is just not that common. And another philosophy for laying out a legal design mindset or an innovation mindset per se is the embracement of failing and also failing fast coming from software industry. And it's also, uh, as a last uh, philosophy maybe here in this podcast, it's about making fast ideas and prototypes, tangible prototypes that you test with uh, respective clients and stakeholders so that you can gain a very quick feedback and iterate an idea when you develop a solution. So this is, in a nutshell, what it means to apply a legal design mindset. So it's really opening up for new solutions, be very inclusive, work on a multidisciplinary basis, and try to build, to learn, and talk to your clients. How do you see legal design driving the legal profession forward? If we want to go forward in our industry, we have to take into account that the current instruments that we gain through our education is just not sufficient anymore. And the good thing about legal design is that we can, as we are lawyers, we can just add another skill set and a toolkit of skills that we can apply to legal challenges in the future. And I think if every a lawyer would learn how to add this skill set to the existing skill set, the legal skill set, it would be just so much helpful for everyone in the industry and also in our legal systems, because we could also think about the access to justice topic here very much, where you also have to find solutions for it if it comes to, I don't know, digitalization of justice and everything what lays around in especially this access to justice topic. And I guess or we, we are totally convinced here that if any or every lawyer is open for a new skill set to add on the legal skill set, we would come to a useful, user-centric and really problem-solving legal industry in the future. This is what we are advocating also with the book. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Astrid Kohlmeier, a lawyer, consultant on legal design, and co-author of the Legal Design Book, Doing Law in the 21st Century. Astrid, thanks so very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.